Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater, presented by the great detectives of old-time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're bringing you another episode of U.S. Marshal, and this one is entitled Rest in Peace. It's Season 1, Episode 39, original air date June 6, 1959. It's a miracle. One of the bullets hit the cervical cord at the base of his neck, and he's completely paralyzed. He can't even speak. Mm, what a break. What about surgery? Well, a top neurosurgeon's flying in from Denver. Should be here in a couple of hours. A couple of hours? Can he last that long? Uh-huh. The doctor who examined him thinks he might. Oh, by the way, we put in a call to his wife in Silver City. But she seems to have disappeared. She could be waiting for him in Mexico. Well, if she is, we'll bring her back. Tom, get this story out to the wire service right away. Ask for complete coverage of Gantry's alive. Oh, but don't tell him that he's paralyzed and can't talk. That should bring her running. Might also bring the rest of the gang in to finish the job. Well, we'll put on a 24-hour guard around the hospital. What about in here? Yeah, go ahead. It's all right. Gantry? Can you hear me? Blink your eyes again. Now listen to me carefully. Blink your eyes once for yes. Twice for no. You understand? My name is Frank Morgan. I'm a United States Marshal. I want to ask you some questions. Do you want to help us get these friends that did this to you? Do you want them to get away? I can't understand you. Well, you can't answer that. Were you running off to Mexico to meet your wife? 
Your wife is not in Mexico? Yes, your wife is not in Mexico? Look, Gantry, I'm trying to help you. What happened in there, Marshal? Evidently, I asked him one question too many. You ask him? Well, he can't talk. His eyes can. The body of James Gantry, armed guard who escaped with more than a half million dollars from an armored car in Silver City, New Mexico, after killing his driver, was found early this morning on the highway just outside of Harshaw. Although two bullets had entered his body, Gantry is miraculously alive. Okay, thank you very much. That was a lab report. The bullet that passed through Gantry's body was from the same gun that killed the driver of the armored car. That still leaves us no place. At least we're getting full coverage from radio, press, and TV. Well, they usually come through when we need them. No word for Mrs. Gantry? Have to give her a little time yet. It's one thing we don't have much of, Frank. You want to take a break, Waters? Oh, oh no, that's all right. Oh, the staff medic just took a look at Gantry. No change. That's the most we can hope for. <laughs> Pardon me. Are you Mrs. Gantry? Yes. I heard the news broadcast. Oh, this is Marsha Morgan, Sheriff Waters. Can I see my husband now, please? Yes, in a moment. Uh, we tried to call you in Silver City. Jim made me come with him. I told him I didn't want to. I asked him to give himself up, but he said it was too late. Who did this to your husband? I don't know. He never did tell me who was with him. I just know that he was more afraid of them than he is of you. Can I see him now, please? Of course you can. Where are you staying? Some motel on the highway. I, I can't think of the name just now. Thank you, nurse.
Nurse said she came in a cab, Frank, and I caught the driver. Picked her up on Elmont near the highway. There must be a half a dozen motels in that area. You think she was mixed up in the robbery? She says she wasn't. You believe her? Right now, I have no alternative. Good news for you. Specialist just arrived. Oh, thank heaven. You look like you're ready for the hospital. No, I'll be all right. Marshal, do you think the hospital has an extra room? I'd like to stay as close to Jim as I can. All right, I'll check it out. Hello, this is Marshal Morgan. Do you have any rooms available near Mr. Gantry's? Mrs. Gantry would like to occupy one. Yes, I'll hold on. Yes. Oh, fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you have a room two doors from your husband. Thank you. I'll be back soon, darling. I'll uh, go back to the motel and pick up my clothes. Oh, you remembered the name of the motel. Uh, it had something to do with desert. Desert skies? Yes, yes, that's it. Fine. Deputy Ferguson here will accompany you. Well, that's not necessary. <laughs> we think it is. Whoever is after your husband may also be after you. But I think I'll stick around. Telephone for Marshal Morgan. Marshal Morgan, please. This is Marshal Morgan. Mrs. Gantry? Is there a deputy there with her? A deputy Ferguson? All right, I'll be right there. Mrs. Gantry's back, but Ferguson isn't with her. Marshal Morgan? Yes? Well, I'm Mrs. Gantry. Would you mind telling me what this is all about? 
Just checking. Well, I'd like to see Jim. Well, your husband's in surgery. We tried to get in touch with you in Silver City. I couldn't stand the thought of all those questions. The police and the reporters. All of them believing that Jim could do such a thing. So I, I went to my sister's house. Where's that? In Tucson. You mind telling me your sister's name? Ellen Seeger. Mrs. Seeger on Whitlock. Frank. We can't get in touch with Ferguson anywhere. All right, you stay with Mrs. Gantry. This is Marshal Morgan to Ferguson. Come in, Tom. This is Morgan to Ferguson. Marshal Morgan calling Ferguson. Come in, Tom. Tom, can you hear me? This is Morgan calling you. Mrs. Ellen Seeger on Whitlock as to the whereabouts of Mrs. James Gantry. Roger. You better send a unit over right away to the Desert Skies Motel to meet me there. Ooh, we're playing this one with a stack deck. Let's roll. The license number's on this registration. And Mr. Sanford got into your deputy's car. You know which way they were headed? Where? That way. Are you sure about it? Positive. I was watching them from my office window. Well, what were you doing watching them? Well, I'd seen your deputy with them before. But I never knew he was a deputy until today. When he was wearing that jacket and driving that car. What did he look like? Oh, about 25 years old. Kind of short. Thin, brown hair, and he looks as though he's always angry. Well, the place is covered with prints, Frank. Yeah, and all we have to do is identify him. Well, we got the Mexican border covered with roadblocks. Good. Excuse me. Yeah. This is Marshal Morgan of Tucson Control. This is Tucson Control. Alert all units to be on the lookout for two vehicles. Number one, light four-door gray sedan, New Mexico license, two Robert five three, occupied by one female suspect. Number two, Deputy Ferguson's vehicle, occupied by two male suspects. Height ranging from five eight to six feet, approximate age twenty to thirty years. Driver of this vehicle is wearing a United States Marshal's uniform. Alert all units to approach with caution. matter? Kip's kind of nervous. He just heard his description on the radio and yours too. So what? Another five miles and we're across the border. 
Uh, they've got it covered tight. We passed an empty shack less than a mile back. We'll go there and stay until it gets dark, and then we can run a blockade. How do you know it's empty? Because the windows were boarded up, and there was a for sale sign on the front. Now, quit asking stupid questions and do as you're told. If you hadn't botched up the gantry job, we'd be soaking up the sunshine in Acapulco right now. What about him? We keep him. He may be our only way out. We'll dump him later. Well, my men have covered all the roads from the hospital to this motel. Not a trace of Ferguson. He's got to be with them. Morton, go ahead. Fingerprints on hospital water glass belong to Clara Regan. Female, age 25, height 5 feet 3 inches. Prior felony record. Convicted of grand theft money and armed robbery. Released from prison three months ago. All of her arrests involve her husband, Max Regan, who was also released three months ago. All right, alert all units that Max Regan, Clara Regan, and the young man are wanted in connection with the murder of the driver of the armored car in Silver City, New Mexico. And also for the kidnapping of Deputy Ferguson. Roger. All right, so they know who we are, but they don't know where we are. What about him? <laughs> I think I cracked this. <laughs> Leave him. Come on, let's go. Maybe they've passed the roadblock. Yeah, maybe they haven't. Remember that cutoff that leads back into Tucson? Hey, that's right. We got about two hours of daylight left. Well, maybe we can pick up somebody moving after him. You take the Tucson cutoff. Look like a mother hen. Yeah, but the only thing she's hatching is trouble. If you call half a million dollars, trouble. Well, what else can I call it? The cops are breathing down our neck. They even know who we are. You're real cute. Take Gantry along. Make the cops think that he's in on it. Would have worked if you know how to handle a gun. Well, I know how to handle a gun. Shall I prove it? I'm not waiting. I want mine now. Put it away, Kip. Yeah, I'll put it away. Now, you just slide one of those suitcases over here. I said, put it away. Take a good look at my pocket. Because it's pointing right at your middle. Now put it away and quit acting like a spoiled brat. 
Deputy Ferguson calling. This is Tom Ferguson. Tom, this is Frank. Repeat where you are. I'm near an old shack with a for sale sign on it. Just off an altered highway near the Mexican border. I'll find it. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah. A little uncomfortable is all. And hungry. Hold on, Tom. I'll buy you the best meal you ever had. Down and come on out. 
They say a uniform makes a man. Come on. By the way, Frank, I got word from the hospital. Gantry's operation was a success. Good. They left some suitcases inside, Frank. Probably got the holdup money in it. You all right, Tom? I have medical plan. Oh, which reminds me. I'm famished. And about the best meal I ever had? You don't forget anything, do you? No, not when it concerns food. Especially when you're buying. Last episode of U.S. Marshal we did, I was critical of some of the directorial decisions. But one thing with many of these classic TV programs is that they really do vary in quality from episode to episode with different directors and writers. In this case, the director of this episode was none other than Robert Altman. Yes, Robert Altman, who directed MASH, Nashville, Gosford Park, and was nominated for seven Oscars, directed this episode, and it has an entirely different energy right from the opening scene. And what we get is a really thrilling and very well-paced episode. I thought the scene with Morgan questioning the guard was really well done. The series of close-up shots helped the audience to just be able to focus. It does show a little bit of the challenges of questioning when you're limited to yes or no answers, particularly in Morgan's case because he had made assumptions about what was true, i.e. that the guard had been in on the robbery, which wasn't the case. And that kind of confused the whole process. When his first question probably should have been whether he was actually involved in the robbery. That and failing to check the ID of the fake Mrs. Gantry 
were big mistakes on Morgan's part, but not ones that he actually ended up having any consequences for because he was up against crooks who essentially had bit off more than they could chew and made their crime far too complicated with trying to frame a guard for being involved. If they'd been smart, they probably would have just run for the border very quickly. And of course, that opened an opportunity for Deputy Ferguson. This is a reminder that while a program might focus on the lead U.S. Marshal, the work of the U.S. Marshal Service is rarely about the person who's been confirmed by the Senate, and more about the rank-and-file deputies who are very good at their jobs. And if you make a mistake, like relying on the junior member of the criminal enterprise to tell you that you don't need to worry about the deputy U.S. Marshal, they will make you pay for it. And of course, they'll make their boss pay for dinner, and Deputy Ferguson certainly earned it in this episode. That's all for this episode. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.